meeting today's challenges with yesterday's experiences. Senior Wisdom is your opportunity to take in wisdom gained by our elderly population and apply this insight to your own life. It's a time machine of sorts, sending you back to challenges of pre-millennia days and places that stretch across the globe. One of Jack Clark's first jobs was working in the Idaho, Maryland gold mine in January 1941. This job became necessary when both his parents died within a two-week period of time. At first, he was a stokesman and later worked in the first aid section of the mine. Every day, he would travel to each level of this 3,200-foot-deep mine and deliver first aid supplies where they were needed. In 1942, he enlisted into the U.S. Navy, where he spent part of his time in the States and part of the time in the South Pacific. Jack spent two months in a large San Diego hospital and eventually was shipped off to Guadalajara Canal to set up another hospital. He became familiar with the Marine Corps when he was reassigned to the Marines and sent to Georgia Island. When he got there, injured men were lying on the ground everywhere. Jack went from one man to another, applying first aid and morphine so the wounded could be transferred to the hospital. He saw everything. Jack knew at that time that he wanted a job in the States that helps people. Jack feels that the conversation interactions with the wounded built trust with each individual that he met, and this trust is a most important attribute that is needed in worker safety. Safety for others, and safety for yourself. Senior Wisdom is ready to share another golden nugget. So adjust the volume on your laptop or handheld device and soak into a conversation with Jack Clark. Close to probably a hundred years ago, the gold mines in Grass Valley, Nevada City were operating. And I've had a wonderful opportunity to meet Jack Clark, who actually worked in these mines as as a miner way back in the day. Jack, how are you today? Well, I'm feeling fine. You said you were a miner. How young were you when you started mining? Well, I was not actually a miner, but I did work in the mines. I went to work on 9th of January, 1941. And what mine was that? At the Idaho, Maryland. Which is in Grass Valley, California, Grass the Valley, Sierra yeah. Nevada mountains. Yeah, Probably sure. one of the more productive mines too, as I understand, for gold. It was one of the high productive mines in California. So when you first came into uh, working in the mines, what is it that they had you doing? I started out working in a stope underground. A stope is an area where miners mine the ore that comes to the surface. I worked in there for about a month and a half, and they asked me to come up on the surface and to work partly as a first aid attendant. And that was the start of my career from that point on. I would go underground every day for at least a half a day, sometimes a full day, but I came up at the surface a lot of times at work. And uh, I went through both mines, all of the levels, because I was taking the first aid supplies down, fill first aid boxes for the men. These were hard rock mines, correct? Which means yes, they're uh, they're actually pulverizing, drilling these tunnels through yeah, cords of. Uh, this is hard rock mine. Yeah. So there's quartz veins. There's a lot of quartz uh, veins. A lot of metamorphic rock for all you geologists listening. <laughs> yeah, there are. 
Yeah. Was this a, a necessity that you work at the mine at that time? Uh, were you were you living at home at that time? I was living at home at that time. A year before that, or a little over a year before I started working in the mine, uh, both my parents died within two weeks of each other. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't able to go to college at the time. Uh, so I thought, well, working in the mine would be fine. I enjoyed it. I liked to work in the underground. We had... Uh, a first aid station in the dry house where the men changed their clothes. So at the end of the shift, I'd be in the first aid station, and if there were minor cuts and, and things like that, I, I would take care of them. Mm -hmm. If there was something a little that I thought that they should see the doctor. Yeah, more serious. Yeah, more serious. Well, I would make out the slip and have them stopped at the mine doctor's office that took care of our injuries. Sure, sure. If there was an injury during the day, I would drive them in. And we were lucky. If I took a man into the doctor's office and he had several sitting in his waiting room there, he would take the injured man first ahead. But I worked as a first aid man then uh, until I went into the Navy. So what year was that? That was 1942 that I went in the mm. Navy. So uh, we're talking September. about World War II. Pardon? World War II was... Yeah, it was World War yeah. II. And uh, so I spent three years in the South Pacific and part of that in the States, San Diego. What was your duty? When I first joined the Navy, wife and I went on a trip to San Francisco and... Uh, I was 1A in the draft, I knew it wasn't going to be long and the Army was going to get me. So I saw the recruiting station for the Navy, and so I told the wife, I said, you sit here on the bench and I'll go see what they would have to offer. If I... So I went in and the fellow, I asked him about what I would have, what would they put me into. He said, well, what kind of work do you do? And I said, well, I was a first aid man. And he said, well, you're a corpsman now. Oh, he <laughs> put you way, right in. That's the way he put it. Well, I mean, you were in, in the line of fire, as it turns out, right? I mean, you were in the combat zones. Yes, I, I was uh, in the large uh, hospital in San Diego for two months, about. And uh, I was in contagion ward duty for a couple of weeks that scared the heck out of me. Each day I had one of the diseases. <laughs> but anyway, then I worked in a, another large ward. There was 42 people in it. And uh, then I got my orders to go with a group of men called Bevy 56 was the name of the, uh, that particular thing that we were going in. And I was going to go over to Guadalcanal to set up a hospital where we were. So I went down and took three weeks to get to the point where I'd be to the hospital because of the ships in those days went zigzag so they didn't get hit by torpedoes. From the submarines? From the submarines, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was in Guadalcanal for a little while. One night they called 10 of us out to get our get dressed and get our shaving gear. And we were going on a trip to an island called New George Island, was in the Solomon Island group. And uh, that's when I was transferred into the Marine Corps. Uh, Marine Corps draw their uh, medics from, from the Navy, of course. I was there for 
a few months, there was a large battle. The day that I, we landed on New Georgia, there was men laying everywhere they needed, and they gave us packs to just to give them morphine and large bandages and then go to the next one. Was this on the beach when you yeah, arrived? Yeah, it beach? was inland from the beach inland? a little bit, okay. close to the water, though. So you treated these fellas just initially to... Just to get, just to uh, keep them alive until mm-hmm. they could be transported out to go to a base hospital. Then after I got transferred back to an island called Espirito Santos, and then I was attached back to the Navy, and I stayed in that hospital for until the end of the war. You probably saw all kinds of things. We saw that time. everything, yeah, yeah. everything. Wow. I knew that uh, I went kind of a step farther in my life when I went into the Navy uh, because I wanted to help people. I know there was injuries, there was deaths and everything, and I, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So anyway, when the war was pretty well along, they started cutting back on people, and uh, th- there was a point system set up, and I was lucky enough to be able to have enough points to get out of the Navy. So that's when I decided that that's what I wanted to do. Did you go back to the gold country, to Grass Valley, California? We still had our house here. My wife stayed here while I was gone. And then I uh, went back to work in the mines. For the first year after I was back, I worked on the surface. Uh, Still Uh, in safety, I I take it. No, that was was, uh, doing, uh, I worked in the bit shop. It's where we sharpened bits, and I was doing the tempering of the bits. We had a large oven there. I was always, by the way, I was on what they call, uh, well, it it was uh, a group of 10 men that was a mine rescue team. And in the event that there was a, a bad injury underground, or anything major, the mine rescue team was involved to went into whatever, especially if there was a fire underground. So then you were a first responder underground? Yes. Uh, I was a member of the, before I went in the Navy and after I, I was on that team. So I, I still had a link toward, toward the safety part of it. Yeah. After about a year, after the service was part was gone, I was given the job of safety engineer at, mm-hmm. at the mine. Safety really has been a theme in your in your life. It's I followed that right along. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. What would you say that the nugget is, the piece of wisdom that you gained from all those experiences supporting the safety of of men and women? It was, it was it was tremendous because uh, I I realized that uh, what I had seen, what I knew I could do to help others. That's what I wanted to do. When I was a safety engineer, I was able to again go all through the mine. Uh, wherever the men were working, both mines, in fact. And uh, we had our regulations that we had to follow. Every six months, a safety person from the 
California Division of Mines come and make a, an inspection to see that everything was safe. He would spend about four days. I would take him wherever he, wherever he wanted to go or whatever he wanted to see. I didn't hide anything from him. Were you a part of the enforcement or the training also? Um, I mean, everyone has to be safe every day, not just when the, when the OSHA, you know, when those people come. Uh, all of the men had to have safety training once every two years. So what we did, we would take half of the crew and a Bureau of Mines, one of the members of the Bureau of Mines would come in and train the men. I would uh, take a certain few of them too. Uh, and I was an instructor then, I, you had to be an instructor. So we made the mines as safe as possible. And uh, it paid off because uh, uh, we were lucky, or maybe it was because the training was good. But Probably yeah, a combination of both. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Idaho Maryland had a, a real safe operation. And uh, we did have injuries periodically. We set up a contest between the four divisions of the Brunswick Mine where we had a large board that out by the collar of the shaft where if the one of the four uh, underground bosses had a major injury with a lost time, then uh, we we would lower the flag to half time. And uh, when we first went into that, I wasn't uh, too sold on it, but I found how well it worked that then I changed my mind. So I take it when, when the miners saw that, it made them more aware of being it safe. It did, yes. Much, much more aware. How would we apply the wisdom of helping others, which is what you did through your safety activities? How would we apply that today? Today, today's population—it's—it's it's different. We don't have a lot of gold mines operating. We have a lot more people in a lot more of a variety of work working environments, and and even you know home environment has changed considerably. How would you apply this desire? What what was behind your desire to want to help? Well, I think possibly it's through uh, getting through to the people. That that is to their advantage to follow regulations, to uh, not take shortcuts, uh, not, uh, well, to be aware at all times when you're working, no matter what you're doing. And uh, I think with me now, I think a lot of it has to do with one-on-one uh, -on -one conversation with people. I, I always got along fine with the individuals, and, and uh, you have to build a trust up between you. So by, by having conversations, that helps build that trust, and it, it builds does. up an attention span, an attention towards true. better yeah. safety for yeah. each other and for oneself. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I want to thank you for supporting our country. Okay. In the Navy. <laughs> and also, I want to thank you for sharing today's uh, nugget of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much.